and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Pavona, and I am joined alongside today by Andrew Johnson. No Grayson G Marino this week. He is taking the week off. So, Andrew, just the two of us this week, and another crazy week. We had some interesting college football games, another crazy week in the NFL. The LB postseason has also just kicked off. We are now into the divisional round, and we're going to see also the NHL opener is tonight. So, you know, I'm sure Grayson is definitely going to be looking into his New York Rangers and seeing how they fare out. But, Andrew, certainly a crazy week in the world of sports. Absolutely. Just another crazy week in college football. The top 10 remained undefeated this week, so little stability. But it seems like everywhere outside the top 10, teams just keep dropping like flies. No one can really fight for supremacy right now. Yeah, I mean, we did definitely had some a couple scares in the top 10. We saw teams like Alabama and Oklahoma State struggle. They were able to hold on, but you're right. The top 10 did hold strong for the week. We'll have to see how it plays out the, the next couple weeks. You know, obviously this upcoming weekend is a huge week when it comes to some of these big games. But let's start off with one of the biggest games of the week where College Game Day was in Lawrence, Kansas to see a big matchup in the Big 12 between TCU and Kansas. You know, one of the first times I can remember both of these teams being ranked going into a matchup between the two. Both teams were undefeated. And at the end of the day, I mean, a great showing from both of these schools. Obviously, the Jayhawk fans were out and about ready to cheer on their Kansas team and, you know, hopefully propel them to a win. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, TCU hangs on to win this game 38-31. to Another strong performance from Max Duggan. He threw three touchdowns, 308 yards, looking like a Heisman candidate all in all through. Kansas does put up a good showing despite the fact that Jalen Daniels, their star quarterback, goes down in this game. The official word is now that he has a grade three separated shoulder. He is going to be done for the year. So a major blow for Kansas going out the rest of the season. They're still one one away from being bowl eligible. But TCU, despite, you know, a controversial missed P.I. late in the game, holds on to get the win. They remain undefeated and they are starting to look like a formidable threat in the Big 12. Yeah, I do want to say that um, the AP poll got it right this week. They did not drop Kansas in the rankings for losing to TCU at home. Uh, TCU was the favorite team going into this matchup. Now, it's unfortunate with uh, Jalen Daniels. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. We hope he gets better. But one thing I want to talk about is the emergence of Jason Bean. 262 yards, four touchdowns, all in that second half. Had an interception, but went to- went punch for punch with Max Duggan. Did not expect to play probably at all this season. And he really stepped up when his team needed him. The defense kind of got lapsed. Only scoring 31. 31- I'm only I'm sorry, the offense scoring 31 points, the defense giving up 38. Not the greatest day. This was the first day that college game college game day was ever in Lawrence, Kansas. And it might be the last, depending on how the rest of the season goes and how Kansas as a program goes into the future. But nevertheless, I think Kansas has a lot to be proud of and they're building something great over in uh over in Lawrence. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Jason Bean, great showing by him to come off the bench, fill in for the injured Jalen Daniels. And you, as you said, through four touchdowns, he's going to have to lead the right for the rest of the season for Kansas. Obviously, one went away from being bowl eligible. And they've got a big showdown coming up this weekend with Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been struggling as of late. So if there was ever a time for Kansas to get a big win, it would be this upcoming weekend on the road against a Sooners team that has really looked bad the last three weeks. And for TCU, I mean, like I said earlier, they look like they are going to be the biggest threat now to a team like Oklahoma State, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the show who did struggle this week as well. 
So if TCU wants to prove that they're going to be a potential Big 12 championship threat, this win definitely certainly helps that case throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kansas has a lot to look forward to. Actually, speaking of the game against Oklahoma, Kansas, nine and a half point underdogs on the road going to Oklahoma. Now, if you told someone at the beginning of this year that Kansas would be nine and a half point underdogs going to Oklahoma, you, just, you would assume, wow, Kansas is having a great year. Uh, I guess because you would just assume that Oklahoma would be that top five, top 10 team. So you'd assume Kansas would be ranked, but Oklahoma, not too hot. We're going to talk about them later, but really, really struggling. I'm surprised. I think this is a little disrespectful, especially after Jason Bean's performance last week. I think I figured to be uh I figured Vegas would have a little bit more faith in Kansas. You know, they're going to rally around their backup quarterback. Hopefully, he can lead them to a bowl game, maybe even a bowl game victory uh, down the line the rest of the season. But a little surprised about that line, but we'll get into that later. One thing I do want to talk about, though, is statement wins. And Tennessee made an absolute statement win going into LSU. They opened the gates early, 930. They get the fans in the stadium early. They're trying to pack the house, intimidate LSU. Uh, I'm sorry, LSU is trying to intimidate Tennessee. By opening the gates early, the fans getting them routing. And Nick, you want to fill in our viewers to uh, what exactly happened? Well, yeah, I mean, a big game in depth foul between these two teams. I mean, Tennessee is trying to prove that if there is going to be a threat to Georgia or Alabama, it's certainly going to be the Volunteers going on the road to face LSU. LSU had just entered the top 25 rankings the previous week, you know, carrying a wave of momentum going into this game. And for Tennessee, I mean, you would think that. Maybe they would look ahead. They have Alabama this upcoming weekend at home. That's certainly going to be a monster game. So for LSU, you're thinking, all right, maybe we could catch them off guard because they're going to be thinking about playing Alabama this upcoming weekend. That certainly was not the case in this game. Tennessee gets a strong performance again from Hendon Hooker, who continues his Heisman candidacy. They got a great game from Jabari Small, who ran for 127 yards and two touchdowns. And not, and they held a, an LSU offense that has been picking it up as of late. They held them to 13 points. So Tennessee does it on both sides of the ball. Statement win. They blow out LSU on the road 40-13. to Volunteers, like I said, have a big showdown this weekend with Alabama. And with, if Alabama does not have Bryce Young, Tennessee could catch the tide off guard and get a monster win that would definitely propel them in the AP poll. Yeah, I think the main difference here was not the passing game. Uh, absolutely phenomenal job done by... Uh... By Jaden Daniels, 300 yards and a touchdown for a pick. But, hey, it's going to happen. It's, it's the SEC. They got superb defense. I want to talk about the rushing game, though. The rushing game was completely non-existent for LSU. 55 yeah, yards on the ground, uh, over tw- almost 25 rushing attempts, if not 25 rushing attempts, only really getting two, 2.25 yards a carry. It's not going to win you any games. Tennessee, on the other hand, 263 yards. Uh, Jabari Small, again, on the ground, phenomenal. 22 rushes for 127 yards, really carrying the load on the ground. And if LSU wants to compete in the future, they're going to have to upgrade that run game. Well, I mean, this is why you bring in a guy like Brian Kelly. I mean, I think there's certainly things to pick up for LSU as this, you know, as the season goes on. The fact that they have four wins is a good start already. I mean, obviously, it's not what they're used to, you know, the last couple of years, obviously, with Ed Orgeron, Les Miles, and stuff like that. But I think if there's any if there's any coach that can get them back to where they were just, you know, two, two, three years ago where they were a national championship contender with Joe Burrow and even a national championship, obviously, it's going to be Brian Kelly. He's going to lead that way. Obviously, there's things to be picked up, up, you know, not a great game 
overall from their defense and their offense, but we'll see how they fare the rest of the way. Obviously, Tennessee's got that big showdown with Alabama now of this upcoming weekend. LSU does have a good game this upcoming weekend. They are facing Florida, so we'll see how they respond from this loss. But like you said, a huge statement win for the Volunteers. They now move on for their big showdown. Can they knock off the tide and continue their wave of momentum as the season goes on? So sticking with the SEC, I'm sorry, this is still the Big 12. Well, uh, Texas future SEC. Future SEC. Texas blows out Oklahoma. It wasn't even a game. I have a stat that will blow your mind with this rivalry game, but I want you to give your analysis first. Um, I mean, what's really to say about this game? I mean, first off, we saw the comeback of Quinn Ewers. You know, he's been injured for the last couple of weeks. He makes his return this week. Phenomenal game for him. He throws four touchdowns, did have an interception, but it was all in all had a great showing. Great game from Bijan Robinson, who is still looking like to be the best running back in college football. 130 yards, two rushing touchdowns. You know, Oklahoma coming into this game without Dylan Gabriel, he was injured. They go to Davis Bevel. Oklahoma, Johnson, five quarterbacks were registered throwing a pass in this game. You are not going to win games when you have that many quarterbacks throwing a pass. Horrible, horrible showing from Oklahoma. I haven't seen Oklahoma look this bad ever. I, I, as I've grown up, Oklahoma has always been a consistent powerhouse in college football. They did not look like that this weekend. Texas embarrassing them by a final score of 49 to nothing. We knew Texas's defense was up and down. They had that good showing against Alabama, but then a setback against Texas Tech. They look dominant in this game against the Sooners. Oklahoma has a game now coming up with Kansas. They're trying to bounce back after this debacle. Certainly would be a good opportunity for them to get a win against the Jayhawks. You know, they also lost their starting quarterback. So it's going to be a matchup potentially of two backups in that game. But yeah, just a really bad show from Oklahoma and a big win for the Longhorns as they, you know, get some big time revenge from Oklahoma who has handled them the last couple of years. Now, I don't want to single out any quarterback. Like you said, they had five quarterbacks throwing the ball out there. Granted, most of them only got one or maybe two attempts at most. But, Nick, how many points did Texas score? Uh, 49. How many passing yards did Oklahoma have? 39. <laughs> 38. Uh, 39, yeah. So, I was going to say 38, but... Uh, that was only Davis Bevel. He had 38. The rest Davis. of the team had a one, yard. one yard. Yes. Yeah, not good. One yard. I cannot believe that we're talking about Texas scored more points than Oklahoma had passing yards. Anyway, That's an absolute mind-blowing. So I don't think that would ever happen again in that game. If it does, uh, it's, the next coach that, hap- that happens to probably is, deserves to get fired. Yeah, I just It's just unbelievable. I mean, li- listen, I know Oklahoma's got a first-year head coach. So obviously there's going to be some growing pains, obviously going from the years of Lincoln Riley. They lost Caleb Williams to a transfer to USC. He left with Lincoln Riley to go there. So Oklahoma is going to be in a downfall this year. Now, they started the year of 3-0. They were, you know, people were thinking, oh, you know what? They'll be okay. Not bad. Then they had that setback against Kansas State, and they have looked terrible since that game. The blowout to TCU, now a blowout to Texas. Now you have a big game with Kansas this coming weekend. They've got to get back on track if they want to have any chance to even make a bowl game. At this rate, you can't be even thinking about making the Big 12 title. You're pretty much out of the race when you start 0-3 in conference play. You just want to make a bowl game at this rate. Now, for Sooners fans, that's not usually the case to how they want to their season to go, but at this rate... That's all you can really look forward to when you start off the season three and three, and all three losses come in the Big Twelve. Yeah, this is absolutely looking terrible for the uh, for Oklahoma, and I want to take a look at Texas' schedule. Uh, 
versus hosting Iowa State next week. That's going to be a good game. Should be a win for Texas. I, I don't see Iowa State. I don't know. State Iowa State has been I, – They I, I know they're also 0-3 in conference play, but they have been – you know, they've kept it close with some very good teams. They held a very good Kansas State offense to 10 points this weekend. If they can hold Texas's offense to a minimum amount of points, they could pull off a big upset. But you're right. It, it's a chance for Texas to get another good win in the Big 12. I think this is Texas is going to be riding high in the next week. They're going to look at Iowa State, who blew them out last year by three touchdowns. They're going to look to get revenge home in Austin, and then they're going to look a ho- look ahead and try to take down Oklahoma State. I really don't like Texas, uh, one of the most <laughs> overrated programs in the history <laughs> there of college football. But I'm fearing now that, that they're going to beat Iowa State next week, and then two weeks, Oklahoma State is going to choke like they usually do. And we're going to have to hear this nonsense is Texas back. And I, I, I can't take it. Well, I mean, it's certainly a good chance for Texas to keep the wave of momentum going as the season goes on. They're now, you know, up in the rank in the standings into the uh, Big 12. They just entered back into the AP Top 25 polls, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But yeah, certainly a big statement win for Texas. Can they keep it going the rest of the season? Only time is going to tell. But so it seems like, go ahead. So it seems like there's been a lot of statement wins this week. So we went over to Tennessee. We went over Texas. Now let's go to UCLA with, I guess, a quote unquote statement win over Utah. Oh yeah, this is absolutely a statement win. I mean, obviously, people will say we'll talk about how last week on the pod I said I wasn't really a big fan of UCLA. I didn't think that they were really big of a contender. They had not really like. Played a decent schedule up until this point. The biggest win was against Washington the week before. They had a big game this coming weekend with number eleven Utah. The Utes with the win certainly would move into the top twenty-five, uh, the top ten, excuse me, in next week's poll. But UCLA, I gotta give them the credit. They put up a great game. They beat Utah forty-two to thirty-two off the back of Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback. He throws for two hundred ninety-nine yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Also ran in for a touchdown. Uh, correct. Um, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, but Zach Carbonet, 198 yards on the touchdown. Certainly two big keys for that UCLA offense. Chip Kelly, I mean, you got to give it to him. He we saw, you know, how well he did at Oregon, leading those Ducks to a couple of Pac, you know, at the time Pac-10 championships. He's trying to lead UCLA to a Pac-12 championship. They might be the biggest threat to USC other than Oregon, but big statement went for the Bruins and a tough break for the Utes. I, I never believed in Utah to begin with, and this is the logic I'm going to give you. Who was Utah's biggest win of the year? Oh, man. Is it Oregon State? I'd have to is look at Oregon? their schedule. I think, yeah. I think Oregon. I, I, think, I would say Oregon State because Oregon State, you know, kept it close with USC, and they almost pulled up a big upset. Um, They almost had that win against Florida on the road, but they did not get – they fell at the last second. So – and Arizona State my, has looked like trash. So this is my problem with the AP poll, and it applies it applies to both AP for football and the AP poll for basketball. They are so heavily reliant on early rankings. To me, early rankings are trash. Nobody has you have educated guesses on how teams are going to perform, but you can't make it your holy grail of analytics and ranking teams. Utah start off the year number seven, right? Yep, and Florida. Started off the year unranked. So that's what get, got Florida in the VAP poll. Yep. The very next week against Southern Utah, they drop in the poll to 13. They only drop six spots, right? Because they yep. think, okay, Florida's SEC, whatever. 
They beat Southern Utah and they beat San Diego State, Arizona State, Oregon State. Uh, is that really a team that deserves rank 11? Like if, if Utah started unranked, would they be in that situation? Would, be, would they be number 11 overall? No, I mean, that's, I mean it, it's, it's safe to say that they wouldn't even be receiving AP votes right now. And the fact that UCLA and Utah now switch places, which is pretty much unheard of in the AP poll, U- UCLA now ranked number 11 right outside of the top 10 is kind of ridiculous if you ask me. UCLA really hasn't beaten anyone. Is I think Utah's the best win, and you, it's just it was, it's really either this game or the Washington game. Oranges right now, but I just can't see UCLA being a contender. Yes, it's a statement win, I guess, within the Pac-12, but I, I, the landscape as a whole, I don't think so. Well, I mean, the other it this way for UCLA, they get the win. Now they're they're the eleventh ranked team in the country. Their next game is not until October twenty second, and that's a game at Eugene against Oregon. So if UCLA is going to prove that they're going to be that threat to USC. That's the game to certainly do it. And for Utah, I mean, you have to wonder, were they looking ahead to a team like USC? They play them this upcoming weekend at home. Certainly a chance for them to pull off a major upset, in my opinion. So this raid, USC, they look like the cream of the crop of the Pac-12. But Utah could maybe potentially catch them off guard. We've seen a couple close calls for USC this season. If there's certainly a chance to do it, Utah could do it this week. But they're going to have to play a lot better defensively against a very good USC offense. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see what the future holds next week and see if uh, if they can pull it off. So we've been talking about the statement wins and the good parts about college football. Let's kind of go over to the more somber side and talk about the teams that have been struggling the uh, the last the last week. Let's start with OK State struggling, but survives, fortunately, versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech came out swinging two touchdowns, scoring immediately in the first quarter. On Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State was not on the ropes, but got dazed a little bit, got hit with an uppercut they didn't expect saying. Nick, tell me your thoughts. Uh, this is a good old-fashioned Big 12 slugfest, as they like to see it. I mean, a 41-31 win for Oklahoma State. You said it. I mean, obviously, Texas Tech, gotta give them props. I mean, they had that big upset earlier in the season against Texas. They went toe-to-toe with this Oklahoma State team who was coming off the win against Baylor. They had the lead at one point, you know, going... Into the half, they're up 24 to 20. You would think, you know, if they just kept the gas on the pedal, they could pull off a huge win on the road against the seventh ranked team in the country. But Oklahoma State, with some nice adjustments in the second half, able to win this game thanks to Spencer Sanders. He had himself another strong performance for this Cowboys team as he finishes with 297 yards passing and a passing touchdown. Also had 56 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. So, the Red Raiders, I mean, listen, they're not going to be an easy team to beat this year for the, in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, definitely a scare. They still look like the team to beat in the Big 12, but there are some emerging teams like Texas and TCU and Kansas that are going to give them a run for their money. Yeah, if you were watching this game, you would think Cliff Kingsbury is back at Texas Tech yeah. right now. You you want to talk about air raid offense and with the Arizona Cardinals. They threw the ball 62 times, almost 400 yards, only converted on two touchdowns, at least in the passing game. It was but kind of uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Mike Leach. Uh, not to interrupt you, but it was kind of Cliff Kingsbury, Mike Leach type of uh, Texas Tech uh, offense oh, there. Yeah, no, absolutely. You'd think this is a throwback game from about 10 years ago or yeah. so. But yeah, Oklahoma State ends up making they make some halftime adjustments and only really only let Texas Tech score one more time in the third and fourth quarter. Shut down that offense. So they really came out. They did their homework. They knew where to make their stops. And Oklahoma State survives another day. 
But a team that didn't survive this week, Johnson, how about the Kentucky Wildcats? A home game against South Carolina. Now, Kentucky coming into this game, coming off a heartbreaking loss to Ole Miss. They didn't have Will Levis in this game, so really a key factor into this final of the game. As Kentucky does fall at home 24-14 to South Carolina, we saw Spencer Rattler, the former Oklahoma quarterback, he had himself a nice stay at the office, 177 yards, a touchdown, did throw a pick. Marshawn Lloyd had 110 yards rushing. And, you know, despite the big efforts from Chris Rodriguez for Kentucky with 126 yards rushing, you could tell they were missing Will Levis in this game. You lose us, you know, an NFL type quarterback like Levis, you're going to certainly see the offense start to, you know, deteriorate in some ways. Kentucky's offense just was not there in this game. Game cost get a major upset. They go to four and two on the year, a big blow for Kentucky. They stay in the top 25 polls, but they certainly are now falling in the SEC standings. And we'll have to see if Will Levis is going to be healthy enough throughout the rest of the way. I can't even say that the defense played bad for Kentucky this game. No. We only gave him 350 yards, uh, passing and rushing yards almost perfect between uh, between passing and, and rushing, almost completely equal for South Carolina. Only giving up 24 points, only a couple touchdowns. It's It really can't boil down to the Kentucky offense. If I think if Will Levis played this game, it probably would have been maybe, uh, maybe like a 31-17 type of game. I think they win by two touchdowns. The defense is off the field a little bit more. They get rest up a little bit more. South Carolina scores less. Will, Will Levis leads Kentucky to a couple of uh, more touchdowns, a couple more scoring opportunities. But I think they really miss Will Levis' leadership today. I think that's what they really missed most about Absolutely. that game. I mean, like I said, if you when you have an NFL uh, you know, caliber quarterback, saying people are saying that he is the second-best quarterback in this upcoming draft to C.J. Stroud or even Bryce Young, however you want to rank them. If when you have a guy like that as your quarterback and you don't have him going into a game against a South Carolina team that could put up a fight here and there, it's things like this are going to happen when your offense starts to fall. And for Kentucky now, they have to, you know, they're going to have to let this loss go to the side. They have a big game this weekend with Mississippi State, a matchup of two ranked teams in the SEC. They're hoping Will Levis plays in this game. If he does not play in this game, I do not see Kentucky at all winning this game against Mississippi State and their hot air raid offense. As we brought up Mike Leach earlier, he's made Mississippi State look like a great team this year. They're 16th in the country. A win against Kentucky on the road not would not be good for the for the Wildcats the rest of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess to recap our college football analysis at the top games last week, Bama coming down to the final possession versus Texas A&M. Oh. Barely outlasting. Maybe a little bit bail up by for refs at the end there. A little controversial. There was a controversial call, but I will say that te- Texas A&M had a very, very questionable play on the goal line with three seconds left. And from my years of watching football, I don't understand the play calling situation in that play. It was a mix of a bad play call and a mix of a bad read by the quarterback, Haynes King, who had to start this game because of the injury to Max Johnson. He's out for the rest of the year. So King is once again the starting quarterback for the Aggies. And listen, I give them their props. They stuck in this game with Alabama. They were heavy underdogs coming into this game. Alabama did not have Bryce Young. He was out for this game. So Jalen Moreau had to start this game for the Tide, but you got to give the Aggies their credit. Jimbo Fisher did a great job game playing this game and keeping Texas A&M alive till the very last play, but unfortunately, that last play call is really the deciding factor in the game, 
Kane makes a really bad read, waits to the very last second to make a sideline throw to get the game-winning touchdown. Pass goes incomplete. Alabama breathes a sigh of relief. They remain undefeated. But you can certainly tell without Bryce Young, their offense certainly struggled, and they're going to need him if they're going to be Tennessee this upcoming week. Yeah, both teams down there starting quarterback. Alabama was the heavy, heavy favorite in this game, to say the least. And we said this earlier in the year that Texas A&M's biggest enemy is themselves. That play calling at the end was horrendous, to say the least. Yeah, no. uh, The Aggie offense has been anemic. The defense, however, looking really strong. Yeah. I think this cements it a little bit. And uh, Alabama did drop a a couple spots in the AP poll. And I think it was a mix of this week and the game against Arkansas that really getting the voters saying, really looking at it like, hey, you know, maybe until Bryce Young returns, this is a whole different offense right now. This is a whole different team. This wasn't the Alabama from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I think that's really going into their rankings right now. Texas A&M, unfortunately, falls once again. Could have been a statement win. Can you imagine if Texas A&M upset Alabama twice in a row? You would start calling them the boogeyman for them. I mean, if there's certainly a, a man that knows Nick Saban all, all well, it's Jimbo Fisher. He knows Nick Saban as a close friend, you know, it's certainly close friend, close enemy, however you want to put it. I mean, we've certainly heard the trash talk they've had the, the past year. But, yeah, I mean, it certainly would have been a statement win for the Aggies if they could have done it again to Alabama like they did last season. They unfortunately just fall a play short and lose this game. Alabama, like I said, breathes a sigh of relief, but they're going to have to, you know, you know, rebounce back, and they're going to have to make some key adjustments, and they're going to need to pray that they have Bryce Young this weekend because if they don't against Tennessee, I do not like the Tide's chances of winning this game. I like Tennessee a lot. Bryce Young is not the starting quarterback for Alabama. Got a fun fact about Tennessee-Alabama later in the show, but let's jump into the AP poll in our Week 7 preview. Uh, Like we said before, the top 10 remain undefeated for the week. I believe Penn State had a bye week, so they didn't didn't play at all. They they get a week off, and they're going to play Michigan this week. Uh, Certainly a big game. Probably one of the biggest games in the Big Ten this week, if not the biggest game in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan, seven-point favorites. Penn State ranked number 10. Michigan ranked five. Michigan not looking the greatest right now. Uh, some questionable, really, I don't, not questionable, questionable play calling, but their offense has been off to a couple of rough starts. They've been able to kickstart in the second half a lot of these games, while their defense has also been kicking it up in the second half as well. Uh, not really a good win over Indiana, but a satisfactory win is something that you would expect for them to see. And I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting, going, Penn State going into Michigan, both teams undefeated. Uh, definitely a really big matchup. I mean, it's certainly the biggest test for both of those teams going into Ann Arbor. Can the Nittany Lions get a major statement win? A lot of people don't know if Penn State is truly going to be a threat to Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten. If they could get a win against Michigan, there you go. That's just going to kick up a start for the Nittany Lions. A lot of people still don't know how to feel about James Franklin. James Franklin could certainly shut up the haters if he gets a big win on the road against Michigan. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Definitely a game to look out for. And another game to look out for, I think, is your game of the week, if I'm not mistaken, would be NC State versus Syracuse. Number 18, Syracuse Orange uh, versus number 15, ranked Wolfpack of NC State. I mean, Syracuse, yeah, they moved up four spots in the AP poll, and that's, not, and that's without playing a game this weekend. But... 
my only concern with this game is Syracuse has Clemson the following week on the road. So Syracuse can ill afford to look past this NC State team that is, you know, coming off a win against Florida State. They can't afford to do they can't afford to lose, you know, lose this game. Both these teams are ranked. Can Syracuse go to six and zero? I mean, I like our chances. We're coming into this game, I think three and a half favorites. Uh, opportunity for the Orange to go to six and zero. They're gonna need, you know, guys like Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader to keep playing the way they've been playing this season. But we'll have to see at the end of the day if the Orangemen can move up more in the AP poll and be potentially a threat to Clemson at the end of the day. I will say this. Uh, Syracuse is about to enter college football hell the next six yep. weeks. NC, number 15 NC State. Then you're at Clemson, who is a top five team in the country every single year. Yep. Not a fun time. Then you're playing Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame sucks. Notre Dame has been better of late, so that is not going to be an easy game for sure. Uh, fun fact about that. Uh, Notre Dame 0-3 when the head coach was not Catholic. He converted to Catholicism midseason. Now it's free now. <laughs> that um, is a crazy stat. Crazy stat. Probably has nothing to do with it, but hey, it's Notre Dame. Maybe your coach can only be Catholic. Who knows? Yeah. Then you go to defending ACC champs in Pittsburgh. Who cool. have not looked great, but they, a road game at Pitt is not going to be easy. If, if anyone would know, it would be Grayson. Absolutely not. And then they're going to Florida State. Again, not an easy win. Win they've looked great this year, despite uh, having some lapses in their offensive defense. Then you're at Wake Forest for next week, which Wake Forest looks like they've completely turned that program around. They actually have the least amount of ranked, highly touted recruits out of the entire conference. They only have, get this, Nick, only three four-star athletes on that entire roster, both yeah. on offense and defense. And they're absolutely killing it. A great so, job of the Demon Deacons. I mean, the 14th ranked team in the country, they have certainly done some great things. Yeah, absolutely just completely taking developmental talent to a whole new level. And then you're going to cap your season off at Boston College, which is kind of a bye week. Uh, yeah, you never Syracuse. know. I mean, if, if from a Syracuse fan's point of view, no game is easy for us. Um, they're going to have to, you know, keep riding this wave of momentum that they've had the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've had some close calls against Purdue. Can they keep up this, this win streak? I like our chances this week, but I'm not going to be, you know, overly saying, Oh, I guarantee. Yeah. I'm not going to be saying, Oh, I guarantee you we win this week. It's going to be a close game for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's you just, you know, you hope for the best, but you kind of expect the worst. It's kind of how I feel like with the Giants, where I didn't expect this start. I'm just riding each game. You're along for the ride. You're yeah. having a good time. I'm having, having a great time right now, so I can't complain. <laughs> kind of like the Knicks two years ago. Hey, you weren't there for, you didn't expect them to make no. the, playoffs, the playoff series, but you were just, hey, we're playing with house money. Let's go. Just Let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about the Giants a little bit later in the show, but man, certainly... Certainly have been having a great start to my football season. I cannot complain any bit about how my teams have done so far to start the season. And if Syracuse can get a win against NC State this upcoming weekend, oh man, I'll be even more jubilant than I have been so far to start the season. So we spoke about this earlier in the show. Let's go right into it. My pick of the week, Alabama versus Tennessee. Wow, this is going to be quite the game coming up here. Sorry, the biggest game of the season, I would say. I would say this is a make-or-break game. Not make-or-break, because this is the SEC at the end of the day, and if Alabama ends up losing, 
they probably I would say it's make or break for Tennessee because they're trying to prove they're trying to make another statement. They made the statement win this week. Now you're making even a bigger statement if you could knock off Alabama. Hey, Tennessee is at home. They're healthy. Alabama absolutely blew them out last year, so they've got they've had this game circled on their calendar for a little bit. Yeah. And fun fact, Nick, uh, the last time Tennessee and Alabama were ranked within three spots of each other were 15 years ago, and Tennessee was actually ranked a little bit ahead of Alabama, which is crazy. So this has actually come, I don't want to say full circle, but the last time this game has been this important was 15 years ago. I remember that was Nick Saban's first year at Alabama, too. So... Tennessee has certainly seen Alabama throughout the last couple of throughout the past fifteen years. They've seen them be this dominant powerhouse. A win against the Tide this week would say, "Hey, listen, now is our time to shine. Now is the time for Tennessee to get back to the good old glory days when they had guys like Peyton Manning leading them to national championship contendency." A win against the Tide certainly would make that case this week. Absolutely. And going into the Big 12 now, very probably biggest game of the week, Oklahoma State versus TCU. TCU, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but TCU is probably the best football team, at least in the collegiate ranks, in the state of Texas. <laughs> A nice subtle shot at Texas. I, I see what you're doing there. I, I mean, hey, um, listen, TCU is off to the hottest start. I like the Yaggies, but I mean, I, I have to is, give credit where credit's due. TCU has been, it's been one hell of a run so far this year. I them. mean, you're right. I mean, it's funny because see, they're like kind of in the same category with Tennessee where they both start the season, you know, not ranked, you know, no one really thought much of them. They didn't think they were going to be contending this, you know, this halfway into the season. And TCU is, like you said, 5-0. and 13th ranked team in the country, coming off a big win against Kansas. If they could beat Oklahoma State, they're certainly going to be into the top 10. And you'll think that they're back into the days where they had Andy Dalton at quarterback, where they had Gary Patterson as head coach. They've had some great things going for them right now. Can they keep that going against Mike Gundy? I don't know. It's going to it's gonna be another high-scoring game for sure. It's definitely going to be really crazy, and I'm really excited to see it. Uh, Oklahoma State traveling to TCU. Now, of course, Oklahoma State actually is not the favorite so the bookies yeah. in vegas are saying hey tcu is gonna win this book it and if that, this happens i think tcu goes into the top 10 oh absolutely they have to go into the top 10 that's not even a question they have I to mean, go into the top 10 and i think the only way they win this game is if max Duggan continues his you know his great start to this season it certainly would move him into top three for consideration for the heisman trophy if he gets a big statement win like this I can't imagine a TC, any TCU player even being in contention for the Heisman. That, that's absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. But, hey, listen, we know it's been a crazy season of college football. I mean, I want to go into the top 25 poll for just a quick second. I mean, look at some of the teams that are ranked in this poll. So, we, obviously, we brought up UCLA. They're the 11th ranked team in the country. Tennessee is number six. Or a team like TCU is 13. Wake Forest, 14. My Syracuse Orange, they're 18. Kansas still 19. We see now Illinois, the Illini are right. They're five and one to start the season. They're at the top of their division in the Big Ten. They have a chance to play for the Big Ten championship this year. And then how about 25th ranked James Madison? They're in into the, the first rankings. year of college football. Undefeated in the Sun Belt. I believe they're in the Sun Belt. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're in the Sun Belt. Undefeated in the Sun Belt. First year doing it. 
absolutely crazy to me. I didn't really expect this as and well. They, I, I'm surprised that the eight. I'm surprised that they're even allowed to be ranked because in college basketball, there's a transition period. You're not allowed to go to the NCAA tournament if you win your um, if you win your conference tournament. Yeah, there's like a transition period. College football saying, "Nah, let's let these kids play, and if they play good enough, we got to reward them." And I completely agree with them. Well, remember, I mean, they beat a very good Appalachian State Appalachian State team at the time. Who was you know coming off that would against Texas A&M earlier in the season? They were down twenty-eight to three. The infamous Atlanta Falcons meme. They were down twenty-eight to three. They came back to win that game, thirty-two to twenty-eight. So they're five and zero. Oh. They're ranked, like you said, for the first time in school history. This is a certainly. I mean, hats off to James Madison for their five and zero oh start. Now they're ranked. I mean, like I said, it's just been a unbelievable start to this college football season, and. By far, this weekend upcoming is going to be the biggest week of the year. Obviously, the games with NC State, Syracuse, Penn State, and Michigan. Kansas, Oklahoma could be a sneaky good game. Obviously, the top 10 matchup between Alabama and Tennessee. Big 12 matchup, Oklahoma State, TCU. Watch out for Clemson and Florida State. Clemson could be on upset watch this week on the road against the Seminoles. I could see Clemson falling in that game. We'll have to see if they if that happens. Kentucky rebounds back against Mississippi State. That should be a nice high-scoring game if Will Levis plays. So we'll put a little asterisk mark next to that. And a big game in the Pac-12 between USC and Utah. But, Johnson, we know that this is going to be the biggest week of college football, and there's still a couple more weeks left before we figure out who is going to be the top four for this year's college football playoff. Yeah, I want to touch upon a couple of those games. Just a little little blurbs. Uh Florida State looks like they're getting back on track. They had a couple of setbacks this year, four and two, looking at least decent in the ACC. And trying to bring, bring, trying to bring back that tradition, how that proud Florida State team from twenty yeah. years ago. They don't, I don't think, think not even that when they had um during the years of Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I mean Jimbo Fisher too, but that, I'm talking about peak Bobby Bowden years. State. Yeah, yes, sir. Yep. Peak Florida State, not the uh, no no disrespect to Jimbo yeah. Fisher. No, I, the last decade or so, but you want peak Florida, so you want national championship contender Florida State, and they're looking to bring that back. And a win against Clemson would be pretty huge. I don't think Clemson's going to lose. I think they're, uh, I think they're really heading. Uh, they're they're right heading direction. into the direction that they need to be, like they like they were the pe- previous years, not like last season. But they're starting to get back to the years potentially of when they had Trevor Lawrence. They just need to keep hoping for some good quarterback play from DJ Ukulele. And their defense has been good this season. They had that one mishap against Wake Forest, but they still were able to win that game. And for Forest State, I mean, listen, they have those two losses, but I would consider them to be great to, you know, a solid two losses. Losses to Wake Forest and a loss to NC State, two teams that are ranked right now in the ACC. So you're right. Forest State has some good things going for them right now. Mike Norville has done a great job of getting that program back to where they potentially need to be. A win against Clemson this week, that would be huge. For that program throughout the rest of the, uh, the rest of the season and potentially for the rest of the decade. Now I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it seems like Mississippi State this year has been the SEC Grim Reaper. Yeah. Uh, ending Texas A and M's, I don't want to say season, but their ranked hopes any, last. Any week. hope of them winning the, uh, the division? The division, yeah. And it looks like a wounded Kentucky team going against Mississippi State. It looks like Mississippi State looking to be the Grim Reaper once again and put Kentucky out of contention for any SEC relevance. And you say they're a grim reaper. Look at the next two games. I mean, the game against Kentucky this week, and then they're at Alabama. 
I that's mean, some really, that's some mean foreshadowing right now. Are you saying that Tennessee is going to take it and then Mississippi State's going to just come swoop I, in and just really take them out of national title listen, consideration? I, like I said, if Bryce Young is not playing this game this week, I don't really like Alabama's chances as much. I still think they could win. But, man, that is a huge loss for Alabama's offense. You saw this past weekend how their offense did without Bryce Young. It wasn't that pretty against Texas A&M, and they almost lost that game. Now, for Kentucky, they also had, you saw how bad their offense was without Will Levis. So, Kentucky, I mean, this is a good game coming up between these two teams. I mean, we've seen Mike Leach. He's done a great job with this roster, and we've seen the emergence of a guy like Will Rogers. I mean, he's been unbelievable for Mississippi State. He's throwing for over 2,000 yards. He is a Heisman Trophy candidate right now as the season will go on. 22 touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, this is basically this is Mike Leach stuff that I've seen since he was in the Big 12. You just knew for a fact that this would be a team that could potentially go on the rise if Mike Leach could coach them the right way. And he's done a great job. And if they get a win against Kentucky this week, they could be maybe a threat to beating Alabama. I don't know. We'll I have mean, to see. Yeah, it's definitely possible, and that's going to be a really crazy couple weeks to take a look at. But I think if Tennessee does win, I think Mississippi State goes in and they ride that momentum and absolutely can, I don't want to say crush the Crimson Tide, but... It's going to be a road game in Alabama, so it won't be easy. It's ne- it's never easy playing in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Absolutely it's not. Never, it's never easy beating Alabama, Alabama anywhere, so... This Mississippi State team, this is probably the best chance they'll have in probably the next 10 years, as long as, as, long as Nick Saban is, uh, is the coach there. Yeah. And I want to go into USC versus Utah for the, I guess, final game we're going to talk about before we wrap this up. USC ranked number six, Utah, coming off that hard loss to UCLA, looking to make a comeback. Don't think it's going to happen. I think USC will kind of cruise on by and maybe potentially into top five or top four ranking, depending on how Michigan and the other top five do. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it really depends on how the rest of the top 25 does, such as the top five this week. I mean, clubs and loses, I mean, obviously there's a shake up there. Michigan, Penn State, one of those teams will cancel out each other. Alabama, Tennessee, one of those teams will cancel out each other. So, yeah, I mean, USC can get a win against Utah. They certainly could move into the top five consideration with a win. Now, Keep in mind, USC has had some close calls this year. I mean, a close game against Stanford, close game against Oregon State. They struggled a little bit for Arizona State for, for a little bit in that game. And the same thing with Washington State. So USC has been a weird team where you think they're going to blow out someone and then, and then they just let those teams fight back into the game. And, you know, they have to score a late touchdown just to win the game. So this certainly won't be an easy win for USC especially since they're going on the road to Utah and it's a night game. So you never, you never know. Strange things happen when there's night games, especially if they're on Fox. So who oh, knows? Absolutely. absolutely. Have that Oregon state game the other week, uh, the Oregon game early in the year, the BYU game, crazy things happen in the middle of the night, especially on the East coast. Yeah. If you turn, you'll be watching the game at one very in the morning on Sunday. And all of a sudden uh, kickers are start missing field goals left and right. And nothing will go wrong on, will go right on offense for both teams. It's some crazy things that can happen. But I do think that USC goes into Utah, they take care of business, and they potentially get a top five ranking. I'm not really too big on Pac-12 football, but I think if one team from the Pac-12 is going to emerge and kind of be dominant, it's not going to be Oregon, it's not going to be Utah or UCLA, it's going to be USC. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, you're right. I, if there's going to be any team in the Pac-12 that makes a potential college football playoff, you know, spot, it's going to be USC. They're going to be the best chance. I mean, I don't want to discredit UCLA. They could maybe move into that conversation or Oregon, but a lot of good things would have to go their way for them to even have a chance. But yeah, USC is definitely going to be the only hope, realistically, in my opinion, for the Pac-12 to make it into this year's college football playoff. But we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Certainly this upcoming weekend is going to be a monster week. I, as a college football player, I'm going to love to see all these games in action. I know for sure Andrew Johnson is going to like seeing these games in action. And I'm sure all of you are going to be ready for this upcoming weekend in college football. But that's going to do it for our first part of this podcast. We're going to talk a little bit more into the NFL, another crazy week in the National Football League. Some crazy outcomes, a monstrous win in London that I will get into a little bit later on. And we'll also get into the MLB postseason. The wildcard series is over. The divisional rounds are starting. We currently are currently am watching the Yankee game. We'll see how this one goes. But once again, I am Nick Bavona, and I am joined alongside Andrew Johnson. This is the All Gas No Break Sports Show.